This is just wing it. Here we episode are. Episode 101. 101. Jonathan. We made it over the hump. I don't know how the episodes are even going to appear on the podcatchers now because we, we were set up to only have two digits. So I think it's just going to... I wonder if it's like a... It's going to be a Y2K issue now where we pass that threshold into three digits and everybody listening to... The, I'm sorry your device has been blown. Um, I know that's not supposed to go as high as it did, but uh, uh, there's no warranty on this show, so... That's true. Good luck, bitches. Good luck. I'm John Abdullah. I'm Patrick Green. And, and this is Jackass. We're we're proud and happy and and some other words to to present to you a real episode, you know, because we've been giving you shit lately, especially that last one. What was that? That was just us like <laughs> uh what was that? That was the least shitty of a lot of shitty. No, it's of, true. That, I we actually, actually thought about that. We actually pushed honest, it back a week. I really enjoyed that episode. It yeah, was, it, was episode. it was it was a rekindling. It was like a reboot. That's what it was. It was a reboot. It was just yeah, it was winging a, it. Reboot. A gritty reboot. Yeah. You know what's funny is that Mike has been listening to because because she has a commute now because she's working, which is something I'm sure we'll touch on at least briefly I, I, during. Yeah, this I want to hear about it. Uh, so she's actually like in a car, which is something that has become a novel concept for us. And so she's going back and catching up on the things that she's missed on Just Wing It. And she's back in like May right now of episodes, <laughs> yeah, and yeah, she's yeah, like, yeah. "Oh my god, you guys are like giving horrible medical advice to people because <laughs> oh, no. we were saying what was like in the air. Like, I mean, well, it was actually was in the air, but what was like you know in the milieu at the time, which was like. You know, like there was a time on this show where we were talking about getting infected so we don't have to worry about getting reinfected. Oh my God, There was God, a time really? where we were like, you know, as long as we wash our hands, I think we're going to be fine. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and so she's catching up on this. She's like, you guys got to like be careful when you're giving out medical advice because this show cannot be, listen, this show cannot be held responsible for digits rolling over and your phone exploding we, or people dying from COVID. We said that from the beginning. Okay. So if you're That's listening to anything in this show as advice that you're going to follow, that's on you. That's true. hundred percent. We like to victim blame on this program. That's what we do. <laughs> we are all, all about it. I mean, I always thought this show was like how not to do it about parenting and life. Isn't that basically our tagline? I think the show is a Rorschach test, honestly. I think the yeah. show is what you bring to it and what most people bring to it are poop jokes and turkey stories. We are a reflection of you. Wherever <laughs> you're at in life right now, in this moment. It's your fault. <laughs> Bad. Uh, <laughs> Um, but this is a big transition for you. I mean, yeah, and for Micah, of course, you know, first and foremost, but I mean, how amazing that she's, you know, she's been working now for how many years, two years in the nursing program? It feels like it's been at least, oh, you mean, you mean working like studying? Sorry, what I meant is working to get to this point. Yes, studying. Yeah, oh, four years because of prerequisites and because of various See, things. So she, even, yeah. And then she had to get licensed, which was a whole other thing. So yeah, so basically four years altogether. But what I thought you were saying, we were talking about Rorschach <laughs> tests, you know, we see what we bring to it, right? You got to keep what up I with thought, it. What I thought you were saying was that she started working two years ago. And I was about to agree with you because it felt like fucking years this week. This week was so long. It was unbelievable. I really, when you said, hey, we have to like, you know, record on Monday, but it's a holiday. What do you want to do? I was like, no, we don't. We got like two weeks before. Oh my God. I like had no clue how much time had gone by. Yeah. It was both yesterday and 20 years earlier because, you know, uh, we talked a little bit on the 100th, 100th uh, show about time being so strange now and about how it feels like things are kind of at once like hurtling forward and also standing still. This week was a perfect example of that for me because um, the pattern of our lives was just totally shattered by yes. this simple schedule change, which is not like crazy. I mean, her schedule is great as far as medical jobs go, but that simple little bit of complication meant that every single day was this new adaptive learning exercise where I was like, holy shit, like where, like where did I leave the water bottle? Because also with kids now, you know, going into oh, school, those water bottles, there's man. so much stuff to think about because they have their, all of their like personal things that are all sealed. They have to bring their own blankets and towels that are sanitized. Grace, the day Grace doesn't there's even like all these things. have her backpack on her back. You know, I'm like weighed down by it. I have to wear it to bring her to school. Oh my God, the laptops, the dumbbells. I don't know why they have dumbbells, but it's, you know, it's something. Um, it's just like a lot of things to go through getting them ready, you know, for the school day, which when Micah is here in the morning is fine because we can just do it together and, and it makes sense. But like when, when it's just me, an idiot having to do all of it, like sitting there being like, oh my God, the bus is coming and what day is it? And also where are my pants right now? That is every morning is me saying, oh my God, the bus is almost here. I don't have my pants on. Like literally there have been days where the bus is pulling up and I can't go outside yet because I got the kids ready, but I forgot to like get dressed. And I'm like, holy shit. You just like, need I'm going to keep either those go pants out there on, in my man. underwear. 
Maybe just I should pants. just keep pants on. Maybe you should stop just being naked all the time in your house and wear some pants. <laughs> Maybe I should. No, it was weird. There were times last week where it was genuinely quiet in this house where I was actually alone. What was that like? It was haunting. It was not like, <laughs> I was kind of excited about it because I was like, oh, I get some time for, I get some like me time during the workday. So like I have to sit there and fucking meet. Hold on. And zoom so this is what but, happened, like, ready? All the, so every, the last person leaves the house. It's totally silent. And you just look up and you go, you do the jitterbug. The jitterbug. <laughs> I do the jitterbug. That's what I was expecting it to be. But what it actually yes. was, was like tumbleweeds, you know, or it was like Planet of the Apes when they see the Statue of Liberty on the beach. It was like that kind There's of just like moment. some sci-fi ambient music in the back. Yeah, the Nostromo ambient, buzzing. Ambient, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Ambiente. Ambiente. Anyway, yeah, it, was, it was a little weird, but I got to say, uh, it, was, it was nice to have my pattern disrupted. That's something that, you know, you know I thrive on. I really like patterns not existing. So it felt really good to have some kind of like variety to the week. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, going into this week now, I feel like already I have more of a handle on how this is going to work. And uh, my parents and I have a really good system worked out so that every day I get at least a little bit of time where I can really schedule meetings and not have to worry about kind of being all over the place. Yeah. And I'm catching up on things at night a little bit and a little bit in the morning really early. But for the most part, I have to say it already feels doable and okay. Wow. Which brings me to- You're like a week and a couple days in and you're already feeling that way. That's well, good. I, I, it feels like two years. And so I, I don't really know how much time it's been. But uh, next week already now, Jude is supposed to go full-time back to school and there's going to be no distance learning. Um, and our district has, uh, you know, they set that like two months ago. Yeah. And there were certain parameters in place where if it doesn't cross a threshold, it's okay. And, and we're making it like we that's are good. Awesome. We're yeah. good to go. So this mm-hmm. is actually happening. But now, John, it means that I also have more shit to pack in the morning because we need separate sealable containers for their belongings to be put up against the far wall. We need. It's like there's so many fucking. I'm like, I we need know. to bring a wheelbarrow to school to carry all this weird <laughs> shit that they need. It's crazy. And they need and yet, two of everything. Time, yeah, they need two of every single thing. Yep. And yet, this whole time. Neither of the kids have complained about anything. And that yes. is what is really hitting me the hardest. Unlike us. Mm-hmm. Who just have a whole show about complaining about it. That's right. The kids have never once had anything to say other than, oh, it's so nice to be back in school and see my friends again. Right? Ever. Isn't it amazing? Yeah. It really is. I'm, I'm also struck by that, um, by how flexible they've been and adaptable. You know, it's not surprising really, right? Because that's what kids, like they just are in the moment and they go with the flow. Um, and they're just being told what to do all the time. So yeah. I suppose um, it shouldn't be a surprise, but there's been so much concern going into the school year about our child's welfare, naturally, as it should be um, for us as parents. But I mean, yeah, Grace, you know, for us, it's been a week on, week off kind of thing. And, right. um, you know, each week brings its own sort of uh, ups and downs in terms of, you know, a little less pressure on getting them out of the house in the morning on the weeks off, right? Um, and it's just a different sort of dynamic. But I also am kind of appreciating the breaking up of patterns and the overall embrace of um, taking it day by day. Chaos. Of chaos. You could call it that. Chaos, John. Do, do your best Jeff Goldblum and say that again. Uh, uh, okay, chaos. <laughs> that was terrible. That was, that um, was worse. Than I, in my that head, was, that was going to be really good. It was bad. And it came out and that was, that was, that was bad. <laughs> I'm sorry. Um, I don't know if we can recover the episode after that, actually. Well, I think we I, have to because pretty... we have a guest who is sitting right now. He's just been waiting. In his prestigious uh, personal office with a door on it, I And found he's out. certainly not here to hear you do Jeff Goldblum impressions. He's not, but he's also not going to talk yet because one second, I have to say one more thing. So <laughs> Was we I celebrated... done? Was I done? <laughs> yeah, you're done now, John. We celebrated Henry's birthday this weekend. I want to bookmark that for yes. later. I think we'll come back around to it. I want to bookmark that because I don't want to forget. Now yeah. I'm going to shut up. I'm going to get out of the way and I'm going to allow... The legend, the myth. He's the here with West. us. The myth West. from the myth West. That's, you've got a patent that right there. That's like that's a, that's a biography right damn there. Damn good. What's up, man? How you doing? Welcome back to the Just show. Yeah, thanks. I can't believe you actually guys made true on your promise on uh, the 100th episode. We yeah. actually did it. I mean, looking back, it is hard to believe that we actually pulled that off to, to get to 100. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. I'm, I'm glad John heard in my uh, voicemail, too, that I was basically throwing the gauntlet down to start prepping for these episodes again. 
That's true. We need we need gauntlets thrown down because, as people know from this, pen, it's funny that the, I feel like the tenor of episodes during this pandemic switched. There was like the the first two months where we were like everything was this adventure and we were having fun and we were like coming up with crafts activities and things. And then it entered this weird doldrums in the middle where we were like, "Holy shit! Like what is going on?" And the episodes became just kind of survival based. That's and true. Now uh, it's not like we're no longer just survival based, but I do feel. Uh, like we should get back to some sort of, you know, overarching idea before we start recording and then end up going like, what was that about? Okay. Isn't that, isn't that like basically the, the journey that we've been on as parents or just people going through this whole, you know, pandemic, right? Like we've gone through that frame, that time frame where it was just, ah, you know, chaos, everything's disrupted. And then it's like, okay, this is a temporary thing that we have to work through and, you know, get through. And now it's like, all right, we're going to take the rain and be a little more uh, proactive. So there you go. No, I, yeah, and as as a listener, I kind of your episodes kind of went like that. I remember at the beginning you sort of had you know almost like pandemic themes and what are we <laughs> going to do, how to get kids through this. Then there was an episode or two where there was just sort of like a depression in the air and just sort of oh my god, what's <laughs> happening? And it was just sort of and then you know you picked back up and then you know the last ones were just like okay now we're just we have no idea what's going on at any time even more so than normal parents. Here we go. So yeah, no, I, I agree. And that's a good description of it. And but before I, that stuff got really bad, well, go ahead. Go ahead, John. No, no, go ahead. Do it. Before that stuff really got bad, though, there was an idea for an episode that you pitched to us, what feels like 700 years ago. In all fairness, it was like genuinely five months ago at this point. I'd say he lobbied um, for it. You know, it was like- He a, lobbied. Yeah. Yes. There were uh, large sums of money involved until he finally got it. And here we are. And that's how you can fair, get on the show. There's a price on the show. I mean, you know, you want to get on the show, you talk about whatever you want. Just give us some fucking money or at least some jalapenos, right? <laughs> yeah, I, I traded a couple of my horses. Yep. You know, I only have one or two now. So, <laughs> but it, you know, all you need is one good all-around uh, winterized horse to get you through. <laughs> is that what you need? Is there just like one good winter horse? Is that the idea? Like, right. A sturdy steed. A hardy. Is that, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. With a like rubberized hooves for the traction of the mud yeah. and the snow. Oh, absolutely. Because you don't want to be slipping yeah. on ice. On oh, can things, you imagine right? that? They have a hat so they stay warm. Well, like, and you're dealing kind of with thing. clients who need, you know, th- this is mission critical work you're doing, right? So you can't yeah, risk slipping on ice and then, and then you've got your own lawsuit to have to deal with. So that's just a whole other, oh, yeah. You're giving me headaches just thinking about it. <laughs> I have this image of Peter sort of being Clarence Darrow figure. Like, I, I feel like, you know, he was this, his whole image, right, was this like sophisticated country lawyer who would like kind of, you know, defend the common man everywhere he went and just sort of go to these different courthouses and then do these enormous cases that would like set huge legal landmarks, right? So like, not to- <laughs> No, that's exactly, that's exact, let's leave it at that. Is that that's what you do, basically? Word, that's, that's the last word that ever needs to be said about what I do. So just <laughs> You are Clarence Darrow, congratulations. But Peter. on horseback, but on horseback. On horseback, right. Well, uh, you're up here with William, William uh, Jennings Bryan here with uh, John Abdullah. Yeah. So, you know, there we go. No, I think it's kind of back, back, yeah, before even the pandemic, I think I don't even remember which of your millions of episodes I must have been listening to, but there's been a lot of talk and I, I really enjoy um, your guys' talks when it comes to sort of, what am I trying to say? I'm going to pause for a second. You take as much time Anyways, as you uh, need to just yeah. take in the brilliance of this it's show. The hor- it's because he's back. riding horses all the time. It, he's getting nauseous yeah. well, I was from trying it. to give you a chance to edit, you know, some of that out right there. No, I, I want to hear the pause. We put some clip-clop sound effects. I want, I I want our audience to hear the awe, right, inspired by the show that is just a pregnant pause. Yeah. No, so uh, I just, there's been a lot of talk, and I think John's talked about it sometimes, about a lot about unstructured play, a lot about maybe you guys have talked about, you know, planning too much. Mm. Um, and you know what it does to us as parents, what it does to our relationship with our kids, and just maybe our kids in general. You know, sometimes I feel like you can see your kids getting stressed about, oh my god, I don't know if I have time to get whatever it is I want to get done. Yes. And so, I pitched the idea of talking about a a book, also you know for John's uh, edification, and you know following his example of picking something, some subject matter to work from. So it's not just as if, you know, because like I said on my message too, I, I could have never seen myself talking on a per- parenting podcast, mainly because th- that type of stuff is normally so annoying. You've got someone trying to sit there and actually tell you what you should be doing right. or one way that they think is the best way to do it. And I think, you know, not only just coming from, again, like Patrick's mentioned from his other podcast, so I know what type of personality he has and then quickly learning John has, you know, 
good insight and is not, you know, someone trying to preach either. And just more so just, hey, this is what's going on with me. And here's some other people to talk to about it. And, you know, you've pensioned it too. It's, it's nice to even just have other dads to talk about it too. Because, you know, a lot of time, like Patrick's mentioned at school, sometimes when you're talking to other parents about kids, it's typically with other moms. Mm, yeah. And yeah. even as a dad, the person you're engaging with when you want to talk about your kids is a mom. Yes. And, you know, it's sort of annoying how low the threshold is too. And you guys have mentioned this a lot and less so lately, but I, I used to love the, you know, you know, you're, you're, oh my God, you, you look to the direction of where your kids are in the yard. You're such an amazing father. <laughs> right, like great right. work. And you're like, wait, what? <laughs> Hashtag dads. So, yeah. Right. So anyways, that's stuff like that kind of inspired me to think, well, especially now it's even makes more sense. I think, which what we'll get into now with the pandemic stuff and just a lot of us, it sounds like have been spending much more time outside, but it already seems like you guys both already enjoy the outdoors. So I just had an idea and originally it was before the summer and, you know, normally in the middle of the summer, you have the kids kind of being like, Oh, I've done everything that's possible. And you sort of hit those summer mm. doldrums, which didn't really happen this year. Cause it seemed like every day was crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, but this was meant to be sort of that type of episode in the middle of the summer when it's like, what do you do when you're telling your kids get outside? What is it you're really telling them to do? And what do you hope they're doing? Cause it's not just, Hey, get outside just to get out of your hair. It's well, you know, for some of us it's get outside because that's where we've experienced some of our best childhood memories and experiences. So I kind of wanted to talk about this book and I, I that's a hefty book out, you got there. Yeah. See, so it's last child in the woods. It's about a feral child discovered. Uh, yep. Yes. Yep. It looks like a fraud. Like, do you remember that Nintendo game Blaster Master or Master Blaster? Master Blaster. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, it was the radioactive frog that went in the ground and then you had followed it. And it was weird. So that's that. So it's Master Blaster, the book. <laughs> it's uh, called Last Child in the Woods, right? That's the, the name of the yes. book? Yes. And it's Last by Last Child whom? in the Woods. Richard, Richard Louve? 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 Uh, well, I don't Louve. know what his name we're, we're, uh, Louve. Anyways. Angela Lansbury. <laughs> it was somewhere, yeah. Angela Lansbury wrote this amazing so nature prolific. book. So prolific. She is. I know. That she's woman. incredible. Mm -hmm. I'm pretty sure she read it to Oprah um, at did. an Obama at the inauguration. Uh, party. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but so... I was trying to figure out where I got this. And I think it was my wife did a master's program in landscape architecture when we were living in New York. Mm. And so I think he's on part, just to kind of give some context. I think his peers are people like Jane Jacobs and other sort of natural city planners and stuff like that. Yeah. So a lot of the book reads, you know, from a sort of hoity toity academic, I'm smarter than you, and I don't enjoy that part at all. Right. I mean, you're a but simple country really, lawyer, Peter. This is the <laughs> yeah. thing, right? You want the plain speak, right? It's going right. But other I mean, than the shitty on. writing, you should read it, though. Those <laughs> listening. No, right. It's kind other of like Master Blaster. I mean, it's a radioactive <laughs> It's It's, you know, some prick wrote it, yeah. and it's just telling us all that we're a bunch of idiots out here in the country. So that's my book report. Thank you. It's <laughs> amazing. You hey, you know, you know um, I, no, I have so, a confession, actually. Hang on. I have a confession. So at the end yeah. of every episode, do you guys, have you ever seen Jerry Springer back, uh, which I'm assuming is probably still on television. I don't know, but remember like, it's like a classic sick day from a middle school. Of course. Thing yeah. Sort of on, you're watching it. You know, at the end of every episode, he has that thing where he like, he makes it serious for a second. And he turns to the camera and he's, it's, it's called like Jerry's thoughts or some yeah, bullshit. Yeah, yeah, Cause yeah, it's, yeah, the yeah. whole thing is just this incredibly exploitative thing. And then he's like, <laughs> he stops and looks at the camera. He's like, listen, this is actually, so John does that at the end of every episode. We are not, we, we preach. Well, John preaches. I, I am the Jerry Springer on this episode. show. Yeah. What we do is we edit that out. So, so this actually is a preachy <laughs> as fuck show, but we just make it seem less like that. No, Every time really I do it, and Patrick just cuts it out at the end. Even though I'm not the one editing it, I'm like, John, you got to do it. I don't know how you like, do oh, it. I have to. It's amazing. I know. <laughs> no, I had a nice moment last night that this is reminding me of a little bit, Peter, which was we were laying in bed. This is about to get super sexy. Um, and you know, part of my like annoying bedtime routine is I have to snuggle quite a bit as we've talked about this, my so language of love, annoying. right? I know I'm fucking terrible. I'm just imagining poor Micah, you know, she's had a long day now on her feet Saving all day. lives. Yeah. Right. Right. And, and, and here's some prick. She's just trying to go to sleep. Okay. It's like hairy asshole. Just fucking <laughs> <laughs> giving her a bear hug. Yeah. That's, that's what we do. Um, yeah. 
No, but you, usually you part of that means she, she, accepts. That's what, yeah. <laughs> she just sort of goes with it. Right. <laughs> usually like, you know, our feet touch, right? So, so even as we fall asleep, you know, we kind of separate a little bit so we can breathe. Right. And then, and then we cut our feet are kind of like touching. Right. And she always kind of complains because my feet have calluses on them. Cause I'm always running around <laughs> outside with the kids and stuff. And she's like, Oh, it's like it hurts. And last night I was like, God, Mike, your feet are really rough right now. She's like, I know. I was like, you know what? I think we're outside a lot. And now we have like the feet of people who are outdoors. And it was great. It was such a cool moment. I was like, I holy shit. It. We have become, by virtue of where we live now, and also there's this situation we find ourselves in, people who are just casually outside all the time. Um, and that barrier between the outside and the inside has become very thin for us. And I, and that is like mm. my dream. Like that is what I have been searching for since childhood, because as a kid, that's what the outdoors was to me. And this is what I know we're going to be getting to momentarily as a child. There was a little brook down the street from us called Huzzle. It's actually on maps called Huzzle Guzzle. <laughs> no. Yes. It's Huzzle Guzzle Brook. Guzzle. Huzzle Guzzle. Huzzle, which I thought How my mom was lying name? to me about it. Uh, there was an old general called Huzzle Guzzle. Uh, he fought in uh, in the War of uh, 1812. It was super weird. Um, then there was the great Huzzle Guzzle leak of 1902 where there was a big <laughs> gas spill and it was just... It was terrible. And, and of course, kids guzzled the water. It's Huzzle Guzzle stream, right? So you're supposed to actually... Um, that was the main water source. So that was just... It's true. You know, it explains and how you by hustling. Who you, you know, are. they were like, hustle, hustle, hustle. And that's... So I'm born from that stock, actually. Um, You're one of the Hustle stock kids. Original Hustle Guzzles. Uh, but there's this brook called Hustle Guzzle for some fucking reason. I don't know why. And we used to go down there just casually. And like, I would just sort of walk outside and I would see at least one other kid from the neighborhood. Like it was always, there's always this one other kid who was like doing that, just like walking outside for some reason. And we'd be like, hey, let's go into Hustle Guzzle and like explore it. And then I would just be gone for like three hours, just fucking digging up car parts and rocks and shit and just like walking around being like what happened back here why did they name it this right yeah. and that to me was childhood and then i would come back inside and like and i would drag mud in and my mom would be like oh just wipe your feet next time and i'd be like okay mom and then i'd go like you know do something douchey but for me and that was like as a teenager too right for for me now i i had kind of forgotten about that very mm. relaxed relationship with just sort of going outside without having like a super driven goal in mind or going outside just to exercise. Like just this idea of just kind of walking outside and seeing what's out there to do has been a huge thing for me during this pandemic, especially. I completely agree. Just, just, I feel like we're, we've, we've totally like gotten ahead of where the topic that Peter was going to introduce is going. Cause that's how we are, right? We have to dominate the the time that we have, but um, do. I'll do it. I'll do it anyway. Uh, uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. And I remember um, <laughs> as a kid, um, it, it was very different in that I didn't live near Huzzle Guzzle Brook in some fucking no, like... Fucking, you missed out, man. Huzzle I, Guzzle was a shit. I didn't grow up on so a farm doing, or in the Midwest. <clears throat> stop talking. Um, but, you know, I grew up in a more urban area and still, it was very much, I remember these days where you would just go outside because that was just what you did. And we'd be hanging out at a playground or I remember, you know, some sort of like paths behind our houses that sort of connected them. Um, <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> what, what are you doing? He's got the total giggles at this point. Oh, I do have the giggles. I'm sorry. I'm good. Um, no, I'm, la I'm laughing because you're talking about like you lived in fucking like the Bronx or something. <laughs> you did not grow up in like an urban area, John. Well, right, it was a when suburb. You say it like that, you make it sound like there's fucking police cars going by and all this shit. <laughs> <laughs> some stick ball. We'd all, like we'd all jump on. Open fire hydrants and fucking getting wet, right? Yeah, that was your upbringing. All right, oh. it, was a, it was a suburb, but compared to <laughs> yeah, you yours. You grew up in suburban America. <laughs> compared, compared to what you just fucking described, or what I, imagine, I what I imagine Peter from the Midwest is living in, um, it was, you know, more urban, right? It was still a suburb, but it was pretty <laughs> densely populated, and we didn't have, like, large open areas of space. It was like you go to a playground or some other designated park. Oh, like a civic meeting space, like an area... Right. Peter has an interesting perspective on this too. Because Are we going to let him fucking talk? We, no, he's not. So, you know, we talk about him being from the Midwest, right? But he actually, much of his formative time in New York City as an actual person living in an actual urban environment, John. So this is something- he's basically wanna, the opposite of the Midnight Cowboy. He just decided to go yeah. from that- He's just a to, cowboy. Yeah. No, I think you guys are, you, you know, you've probably already- <laughs> uh, This is great. 
Um, sometimes I, when, you know, I kind of feared this, that when I'd be on, I just kind of sit there and kind of get in a trance. I do this sometimes on the shoulder of Orion podcast <laughs> with the other guys too. And I'm just kind of sitting there listening and kind of daydreaming. And then I'm like, Oh wait, I'm in. <laughs> You're like, I'm not <laughs> driving right now. Holy shit. <laughs> what? What's, what's going on? So anyways. Okay. So yeah, no, that's exactly where, you know, some of my talking points were going to lead us, you know, what I guess, you know, so jerk face who wrote this novel, yeah. um, Richard the doobie. preaching, yeah, um, it kind of starts out sort of talking about, and I think the big thing or his claim to fame is talking about a, a saving children from nature deficit disorder. Mm. I think the overarching scope of, or just kind of the general theme is, hey, kids today, there's almost a, a odd disconnect with nature where, you know, sort of like what Patrick just mentioned, it's, and I've felt this, and, you know, not only when I was, you know, doing midnight cowboy stuff in New York, but also, you know, growing up, up in Minnesota, you betcha. Um, <laughs> which is, you know, exactly like the movie Fargo, although that's, you know. Which is so, just murder. Let's be clear. The movie, yeah, it's just yeah, so murder. It's just, just barren wood and, and murder. Yep. Yeah. So anyways, uh, where was I going? <laughs> <laughs> Did you guys watch season four yet of that show? I've, I haven't. I haven't even watched this. No, show. I haven't either. I watched like maybe it's an episode, movie. but. Yeah. It's a documentary. Keep going. Anyways, so yeah, so I think a lot of us, even now as adults who, you know, want to claim we're these great nature lovers and, you know, we all probably try and do our duties to improve the environment and recycle and mulch and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> and, but I think there's a big disconnect where, you know, we think of going outside a lot of the time or have to because of our schedules as here's my time to go work out. When I hit the outside, I don't have time to sit around, yes. look around. Right. I'm just running. Um, John's now training for the Tour de France. That's right. Yep. Right. Almost there. You know, Boxing's hitting. You should see my thighs. Were, thunder thighs. Yeah. But Bethany was like <laughs> was shocked when, the other day. But anyway. You were to be a kid and you just bike randomly. You know, you're not just sitting there with weights on your ankles and trying to beat cars and, you know, see how fast you're going. Yep. But so, you know, you guys have already both talked about that. And uh, when I grew up, um, I initially uh, grew up in St. Paul, which is a little more city. You know, it's not as urban as where John grew up in the Bronx. But <laughs> in 1932, right? <laughs> right. But it was blocks. Ball. You know, sidewalks around a square block and an alley in the middle. And you know, all our time spent outside was still quite significant. Mm -hmm. And it typically, was just biking around, playing in the alley, setting up bike jumps, skinning your back when you flip off it, or stuff like that. And then when I was a little older, I think maybe seven or so we moved out to the suburbs um just the first tier suburb out and that's not to sound oh it's first tier suburb you know it's much more urban than the other <laughs> tier suburbs. right but no it's just there was some it was more developed or less developed at that time and there were woods um there was a pond and an actual farm near a house then started spending more time in farms and i just remember you know whole days going out we get a crew run out into the woods, spend the whole day out there. And each day, you know, you'd find some new thing and you'd follow the same path. But that day, you know, there's a new stick on the ground that you then use as a sword or play with. Light or it build on fire. Some new fort. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. a new stick on the ground. Holy <laughs> shit! Can I see that? Look at the size of that fucking rock! Oh! Yeah. So no, that's exactly. I mean, that's what's exciting out here in the Midwest. The size of rocks. <laughs> that's like, that's just the it's, rock it's the shape, figure. really. It's the shape, it's right? The shape you know, of the rock. The Jesus silhouette stick. You know, yep. you've got but all. So different... then, when we were, you know, religious. we were living in New York, and we we had twins as our first kids out there, and you know, immediately we're like, oh, this is too fucking expensive. We got to get back. <laughs> Where were you in New York again? You're in the Brooklyn, right? There, no, we were up in Harlem, which is okay. across the river from the Bronx. So I was up in kind of John's yeah, area. Yeah, up in my hood, yep. Mm -hmm. um, it's, a, it's probably a little nicer up there. You were, up in, in Harlem, you're actually Hamilton basically Highlands. where I live now. <laughs> it's like so far yeah. up there that I'm like 45 miles from that here. Yeah, so I can really, well, we were up in, in Hamilton Heights, kind of in the neighborhood of, or kind of near the Tenenbaum house. Yeah. You know, from yeah. Royal Tenenbaum. Wow, yeah. yeah. Um, we used to walk the kids in that graveyard where there's some scenes um, from that. But anyways. Cool. So moving back here, we moved and uh, got a house here. It's about an acre and seems very similar to what Patrick's living in now. Except I imagine Pat, if you just took Patrick's yard, which seems to go really deep, right? Mm. based on your description, um, if you just like widened that out and shortened it, that's our, like, so it's just wider, but it takes, it doesn't take as much time to get, get down this little hill to the creek and the woods and all that. 
and you have classic. a beautiful so, the creek is gorgeous and i gotta say i, I do want i want you to we, we should have a little creek conversation in a moment but before we do can i just say i don't know what the hell the difference between a creek and a, and a brook or a stream or a hustle guzzle or even a rip because the river and our, our ours is a river right um but it looks for much of the year even narrower than your creek is and i think this means that creeks dry up occasionally whereas rivers never do but does yours ever dry up or does it not it'll dry up all the way like this yeah it'll it does all the water will be gone yeah, okay so i think that's what makes dry. it a creek okay got it okay you think so yeah. you're just you're not just ass talking this is science Huzzle okay guzzle. yeah puzzle guzzle no puzzle guzzle it's just it's what we do <laughs> we puzzle, we so, but so I, you know we've already started going through my first prompt my first john abdella prompt was essentially going to be you know what was your guys's experience growing up? Mm-hmm. um yep uh <laughs> And so you've sort of done that. And then, you know, John's talked a lot about unstructured play and he's written, he's written and uh, consumed numerous studies and probably has all the charts and percentages. Mm -hmm. Scrum. And so, (laughs) so, you know, I just kind of wanted to be sure to bring up this issue just with other parents and especially now with, you know, we've all been spending more time outside and I just kind of wanted to check in more with you guys on, you know, what was the summer like? You guys talked a lot about your walks and stuff, but how did that, how do you think that changed from the beginning of the pandemic when it was still sort of spring and cold to just full summer? What did you guys do when you go on your walks or, you know, Patrick would go out and find garbage and the neighbors and play with it and ride <laughs> do you know, that, old yes. weird balance boards. Okay, and, steal know. stuff. Yeah. Don't <laughs> around kids the neighborhood were, and steal I think it was garbage. I don't, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Good yeah. condition. John's kids were out helping neighbors mulch all the time. Always, but I guess, yeah. you know, how did you guys, what did you kind of see as far as your enjoying the outsides and what did it mean as far as, it meant everything. <laughs> yeah. I mean, honestly, I, I do. I feel like you're hitting on a really an important topic, uh, regardless of, of when we're talking about it. But in this context, it does carry even more gravity, I think, um, in this moment. Because, you know, for me and my kids now, them being uh, five and, and almost three, we were, we're just kind of hitting on this time we're looking forward to where we can just have them be outside and not worry too much. We live on a dead end and got a you know, a yard with a little play set. And we were really excited for that, you know, for, for that experience. It's not, it's not the acre that you, you both have um, living off the land, but you Majestic. know, there's some Majestic mulch. Acre. Yeah. There's some mulch here. So we have really enjoyed letting them just be outdoors. And I feel like it did definitely go through different phases where early on, um, the walks and being outside was like, they really looked forward to it each time we did it. And then the more we went on these walks, which became just a daily ritual for us um, to break up the day, they, it gradually started to become, you know, less novel. <laughs> um, and they wanted to do stuff like they wanted to actually, you know, do something different. Um, sometimes that meant, you know, they wanted to watch TV or like just something that they hadn't been doing as much as they used to. And so we, I, I mean, I tried to really break that up by taking them on more, um, for me anyway, compared to Patrick, um, you know, bigger adventures and, and explore some of the woods around us. And we would sort of like get a little further and discover all these um, trails that actually we could walk to that we didn't even realize went as far as they did. And it just felt like this whole sort of undiscovered um, part of our city that was just so exciting, you know? So there was that, and then there was the walking around our neighborhood and just like seeing more people and houses and feeling more part of this community and not leaving it um, and not having our weekends always be about like visiting, you know, or or hanging out with people outside of it. And so I I do, it was really, it was nice. And now I think we're in a place where, you know, we're just trying to um, cultivate that as much as we can, knowing that the winter is coming and that, you know, the kids are back into a routine with school and everything. And so uh, one of the first things that I did as it started to get cold is get a fire pit as another, um, you know, another way to sort of extend the season. And like, that's something the kids have been loving just being outside. And I don't know, it's amazing how just that one thing enables an outdoor living kind of environment where, you know, it's like, we could have done this anyway. It's not even that cold yet, but you know, suddenly it's, it's been like 75 degrees <laughs> exactly. this week. To be fair. <laughs> exactly. But suddenly it's like, it's something to gather around, you know, whether we have some people over or um, just we're outside ourselves. And, and 
I, I think for us, it's forced us to go outside more, um, Bethany and I, in moments where we would have likely just stayed in and maybe the kids would be out. Like we're just forcing ourselves to do it. And I think there's a lot to that. There's actually something kind of magical that happens when you just, you don't even have a plan around it. You just say, we're going to be outside, you know, and, and that's going to be the plan pretty much. Um, I could keep going, but I'll stop because I want to hear um, Patrick as well and how that's gone. Uh, it's, it's go, you can keep going if you want. And I, I was, I was actually getting kind of into that. I kind of love it. What, when, when you, when <laughs> well, you say, I think you're on to something when you say going outside, yeah. like to me, that is actually do kind it. of the kernel of it yes. is just go outside. Well, the other go outside the, before you plan it. Right. Yes. And the other thing that I love about this is, um, when we do hang out with other people, the indoor thing isn't an option. Like we're just not doing that. You know, we're, we're not, we're choosing not to, to go inside people's houses or have them inside ours. And so every single um, social event is outside. We've been having these birthday parties at playgrounds, famous birthday parties that, you know, unfortunately host like multi-day festivals, yeah, yeah. Yes. multi-day um, sacrifice a lamb. You know, it's, it's awesome. It's basically Classic the life that I've always wanted to live. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a carnivore, especially. So um, all of them have been outside and there, there are two instances in particular that come to mind. One was at a beach and the other was at a playground where we didn't have a fully fleshed out plan. We just went, um, and then we ended up staying for dinner and like, it was much longer than we ever would have in a past life where everything sort of planned out. And we ended up just hanging out there and, you know, ordering food and having it delivered. And like, it just became, um, so nice to have unstructured outdoor time, which I guess is what we're ultimately speaking to. And so, yeah, I think there's a lot to it. Um, and I definitely want to get into the homework that, um, Peter from the Midwest uh, assigned us for this episode, which I appreciated that he assigned us, the hosts of the show, some homework. Rigorous, um, rigorous homework. Yeah. Get to work, finally. <laughs> um, I, something that I also want to go back to for a moment that you said, there's a lot of good stuff in there. Um, one of them Naturally, was said the it, yeah. fire. So, so something that I've always appreciated about fire is that it touches on something really elemental within us that needs to congregate. Have you noticed yes. that? Yes. There's something about, because we have a fire pit also that we use quite a lot. I do a lot of grilling. I like grilling in cold weather, cold weather, cold, cold weather a lot because <laughs> there's weather. no reason not to. Cold weather. It's wet. Um, you know, we have a fireplace <laughs> that we are now using most Micah, nights. Micah, it's going to be a cold weather tonight. <laughs> oh, it's going to be a cold weather. She's like, get your feet off me. Jesus. <laughs> um, so, you know, between like the fireplace, the grilling outside, the fire pit, cooking over open flames. Now I, I'm trying to do more of that outside. Yeah. Um, not just on a grill, but actually in the fire itself. Like right. they're, they're trying to just-, just the whole lamb spinning on the fire. The whole entire yeah. lamb. It's part of actually, it's in preparation for Grace's birthday next year. Yes, We're of getting, course. Mm-hmm. Getting going on that. Um, the, what I love about Slow fire is that, is that it, it becomes a, it's not even like an excuse to congregate. It's something, it, it pulls us in. You yes. Know? And a lot of my favorite I mean, memories from this yeah. pandemic, because it's warm, right? But there's just something about it. Like when there's a fire going, we we huddle around it. And a lot of our times outdoors with people, because you're absolutely right. The necessity of these this time that we're living in is that, you know, we can't have people hang out inside very much, if at all. So we are ha- we have to be outside. And that means that as it starts getting later in the year, we, we like to have fires going. And I, we've done that now multiple times. Where we have people over and then it starts getting a little bit dark and a little bit cold. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to get the fire going. Does that sound cool? And people stay later than they planned on staying. Yes. Fire's going and we're kind of hanging out and just like putting food on it and, you know, s'mores and talking. And then the stars come out and it's like, man, that is another thing that I've, I had lost sight of really since childhood was the simple pleasure of enjoying company outside at night. But it's, it's an amazing feeling, right? So yes, it's everything. It's so much more meaningful to me or, or the times where Bethany and I've been out there even than our default mode before then, which would have been um, just being inside and maybe watching a show after the kids go to bed or like, you know, doing something else. Um, it, it, it's so, yeah, it's, it's really, um, powerful. Yeah. And I want to yeah, say, what, so, oh yeah, go, oh, go, no, go, go ahead, Peter. I was just going to jump on that and use, you know, jerk faces, uh, book a little here. Um, <laughs> one really part that I wanted to be sure to touch on was, and you know, there's, there's a lot in here, but there's just little sentences that picked up a little more to me than the whole thing. But there's a part where he talks about, and he really rails on screen time and all that. And you've already done a whole episode. So everyone's <laughs> smarter and knows better about that. Um, but, you know, I think as, as movie families, you know, uh, you have both, uh, you know, you enjoy movies and you try to, you've had. Yo, I fucking hate about, movies, Peter. Yeah. Trying to, you know, bring that love to our kids yes. too. And so, you know, I'm not someone who's, oh, screen time, don't do it. 
But he does make a good point, or at least a, a, a nice sound bite that essentially, you know, screens waste time and outdoors amplify it. Oh. And I think that's a big part of it where I get a complaint from my kids a lot on the weekends um, about how, why is it, you know, the weekends go so fast and the weeks go so long? And, you know, a lot of that's just because, well, you're having fun. And unfortunately, when you have fun, sometimes <laughs> time goes faster. But it's a real thing where sometimes, you know, my kids will get really sort of that sort of Sunday depression. Yes. You know, Sundays are, t some people find Sundays the most relaxing day, but I always kind of find Sunday as sort of the, the more depressing of the weekend days because you're like, oh man, this is all going to end. Totally tomorrow. agree. So sometimes you force a Sunday to be slower and all that. But I found at least especially during the pandemic, we've been going outside a lot. I've talked to Patrick a little bit down in our Creek. Um, this year, we finally got the kids Creek boots, what we call them, or just some big rubber boots because before it was, I'll go to the Creek, but don't get muddy. You know, don't ruin your shoes because <laughs> yep, yep, yep. shoes are flipping expensive. But at the same time it was, well, that's not fair. I mean, part of the whole reason we wanted this house and property was so the kids would go spend all their time in the Creek right? and then they go down there and part of this is touched on the book too, kind of the fear of nature and sort of the, the, the nature deficit. Mm. Um, but at the same time, you're like, oh, but don't do this or be careful of this or don't do this. Where what I wanted is just that idyllic time of go outside, explore, become naturalists. And so anyways, I think sometimes you got to work a little to make that happen, to make yourself comfortable. And for us, that was just get some boots. They can go in, you know, up to their past their knees now and if water fills up the boots whatever you know so we've been trying and i think forced us to get a little more about just getting dirty and all that but anyway i love that how old are your kids peter uh twins are eight. boy girl we have a middle that's six and then also a one-year-old who shares yeah. henry's birthday wow yes. so six and, and eight the, yeah that's like yeah. peak so the so we call them the bigs. And so the bigs go outside <laughs> with me the most. And what we've noticed this summer is, and my son has specifically, he's a little bit more sensitive to just kind of time and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, um, he'll talk about how, you know, hey, dad, you know, today feels like, what time is it? And, you know, if I have a clock with me or my phone, I'll say, oh, it's three o'clock. And he'll be like, man, it doesn't feel like three at all. <laughs> Like in a really, and he means it in like a really good yes. way. And that always makes me extremely happy. If you have a weekend where my son especially will be like, whoa, it doesn't feel like this time at all. And normally he's saying that when we're outside doing nothing other than just, you know, in the creek or um, walking through the woods and stuff like that. So I, I kind of wanted to have you guys just take a little bit on, you know, and, you know, You've already kind of mentioned it even, but just kind of when you go outside like that with no intention and no sort of plans, not having to do anything, it really does sort of amplify that time and almost slow it down. Mm -hmm. And I think on parents, anytime you can get anything to just <laughs> stay still for one second, <laughs> I think it's a great benefit. So that's one of my favorite things that this I, the, kind of touched That's on. really well said. You know, and, and the thing that's really sticking out to me is that we largely live unnatural lives. If you really like zoom out, right, and, and think about it, we are a species that lives unnaturally. Like we, we erect so much of our life around blocking out nature and creating our own. And I'm not saying this in a bad way, like this just is. Um, and there's a lot of it that, uh, you know, the fact that we're even able to talk right now comes out of this. But um, we're, we're spending our lives in unnatural ways. Our bodies aren't even really, you know, ad well adapted to it. Um, I mean, literally, uh, this is maybe a little um, dark, but like, you know, by, by working in the way that we are, um, we're probably shedding years off of our life as opposed to living active lifestyles, which, you know, we're all talking about how we try to do that. But that to me is another element to all this. It's, it's being outdoors, but it's also being active, um, using your body. <laughs> In a very basic sense. Um, and, and I think back to some of those wonderful weekends, you know, like what you describe. And um, one of the greatest feelings, I think, is at the end of the day, just feeling tired and like a really awful, on, uh, not awful. Awful. <laughs> Do you just love that? Yeah. In an awful, no, in an awesome way, whether it's, you know, I was outdoors, like doing yard work or, um, you know, we went on a long hike or whatever it is. There's something just so refreshing about that feeling of, it actually does make you feel alive, <laughs> you know, quite literally, like you're, 
your your blood's pumping. Your you know you get more um, your breath in you. I guess if that's a thing, <laughs> more air. Um, yeah, I, you can tell I'm I'm a biologist really by, by yeah, nature. You <laughs> your internal <laughs> air pressure goes up to like really high levels. <laughs> Isn't there something balloon. amazing about that though? Those days where you just feel yeah. kind of exhausted, but it's so satisfied. Yeah, you've exchanged more oxygen with your environment by using it more, you know, by being more active, by being outside of your immediate surroundings. And I think part of this is, I think it's, it's worth going back to this whole deficit issue because I think part of why when we're in nature, it feels like time stops. And then when, it, when time starts up again, when the week starts, we feel like, oh, it was so quick. It's because I think when we go on autopilot, which we all do to varying levels to make it through the week in this very unnatural life that we have of sitting down and just doing work in our heads without doing anything else for a long time. And it's always kind of the same basic work, the same basic implements, the same basic pattern. When we break that and go outside and we're forced to use all these senses that we never really rely on anymore, including our imagination, which isn't a sense, but it's something really worth talking about. Um, we are forced to figure out our context and reevaluate it. And there's something like mind-blowingly wonderful about that. So one of my favorite outdoor things recently was uh, we have this new game that we call like, uh, we call monster hunting. I don't know why we call it that because the hunting part of it kind of stopped after the first couple of times. But basically this is like two <laughs> weeks ago, we went outside, uh, you know, it just like, we were just out there, uh, just kind of like walking around, you know, just doing a little exploring. And um, the boys love Minecraft as I've talked about a few times. So I was like, well, what, what if we like made our like, cause there's a, like a play play set in the back, you know, what if we use that as like our homestead and we, you know, basically built it up into this like little functioning thing. And we like watched for zombies that could come at night. And that has taken off into this like really intricate ongoing game now where every time we go outside, we have to repair the things that happened overnight, you know, in our imaginations. Uh, we have to like fix the water supply that goes to the river. We have to go go fishing in the pond, which is the trampoline. You know, we have to go do all these things. And it, the boys get like so into it. And then we sit there and Henry is like crafting a new like, you know, table for us to cook the fish on. And Jude's like, oh, I got firewood. I'll be back in a couple of minutes. And I'm like, I'll cover you and I get the Nerf blaster to make sure there's no zombies coming. And then, and I was teaching them how to fillet a fish while we were up there uh, the other day, but without a fish in my hands. But I was talking about how, you know, you do it, you know, going laterally along the spinal column and you flip it over. And I was going through this thing and they were watching my hands like there was a real fish there. And I was thinking, oh my God, I'm filleting a fish right now. And I had actually had forgotten in that one moment that we were even just playing around. The boys were like, oh, so that's how that works. Like, that's why there's no bones when I get a, you know, tilapia, you know, at, at dinner time. <laughs> And I was like, this is exactly, and so we have this whole like ongoing thing now that we are revisiting when we go outside and there is no goal to it. There's nothing final about any of it. We just go out there and we pretend that we have this homestead that we're defending at night and that we're making new food and building new crafts and things. And like now Jude is going, he's getting like iron ore to build better axes with and shit. And he's coming back with rocks <laughs> and then Henry smelting them in the fucking fire pit that he built. And it's so fun. And I am imagining so much more than I used to as a result of playing it. And that imagination time is when time dilates to me so much. That's when I go off autopilot completely because I could stay in that state of just sort of the rote, you know, going about my day. And I would be so bored out of my mind because I wouldn't have anything other than the fact that I was just sitting here out in the open with two cute kids that were talking about monsters. But if I actually start imagining things and like lighten up a little bit, I see the monsters with them. I see what we're doing. I see the world as this place that's of, of exploration, you know? The other day we were back in the river. There was a, uh, you know, we were walking around with our water shoes. There was a, uh, a wheelbarrow in the woods and that fucking wheelbarrow launched this entire ongoing detective investigation into where that came <laughs> from, which led to us eventually, like, so we hiked over this fence that we found in the forest. And like, you know, it was just this like very long thing. We found a pit full of bricks in the middle back there. And we're like, what is going on with this? And then we found out there was this brick house that was on another street. That's like, we've never even been near before because it's, you know, on the opposite side of our property. Um, and we like then got in the car and we drove around and tried to figure out where this house was and we we're looking at maps and we're like, oh, that's so like this whole entire night was this adventure that was started because we were just walking around and saw a wheelbarrow in the forest. And those spontaneous moments of having to invent what fun looks like and having to be open to it together, I, I think are when you know, you, we, we all revert to that thing that we miss all the time. We talk about all the time, which is that we miss when time stood still. We miss when summers went on forever. We miss when like we didn't have a plan. And we still have the ability to do all of those things. And nature, I think, is the key to it. Nature is the great equalizer for kids and adults and everybody because everybody in nature is themselves. So that's, I, I think, a wonderful, wonderful thing. 
I love it. It's been really great too, just seeing the kids, at least my kids, they've been, you know, we've been extremely um, sort of uh, isolating during this time. My wife, like John, is a cancer survivor. Um, I also, one of my daughters, like uh, um, Grace has prone to pneumonia and stuff. So we've tried to just be extra careful during this time. Um, So they really haven't played with other kids. They haven't done anything. I've touched on this a little in, in sort of our group one that we had. And, you know, at the beginning of this, it was, it was sort of sad sometimes um, just from my point of view, but they haven't missed it at all. I mean, not that there's some like jerks who are like, oh, they're kids, but, you know, they've really enjoyed each other. And I think some of the best moments I've seen have been out in the creek or out in the woods or just outside together where there's an area in the creek and it's sort of similar to that. And what I mentioned um, is that, uh, you know, sort of like the wheelbarrow and what I was trying to describe with, you know, finding a different stick all the time. What I really meant is, you know, every time you're out in some of those walks, it's something's just a little bit different. Mm. And so the best part about the creek is sometimes the water's different. There's deeper here than last time. They'll be walking out something like, oh my God, I can't go this. And one really great moment that I just wanted to share was we were walking um, and the creek t- took a bend and then another bend. And obviously the water had eroded some of the rocks there and there's a root going along it. And you could, at least for them, they could walk along this little edge and hold on to the root, like it's like some safety line. And of course the older two, you know, did it easily. Um, but my other, my youngest daughter was a little worried about it. And below her would be, you know, we called it a pit. We we're like, oh my God, it must be some sort of empty <laughs> bottomless puddle or the creek. If you fall in it, you're gonna get swept away. And we kind of did it too much and she got really scared and started crying. And, you know, so this is sort of why this isn't the best uh, advice podcast. <laughs> Wait, hang on, hang on, hang on. It was a what? <laughs> were, you, were you holding on to a what? A root. Above a what the hell pit. is a rut? Root. A rut? Root. A root. A root. A root. Oh, a, ru- a root. Utes. There were two utes. A root. A root. Is, that a, is that a Minnesota yeah. thing? A root? It might be. I that might be like when John yeah. says, my child. <laughs> Which is so we are talking yeah. about a root, a root, a, a root. root, a root, a tree root, a tree root. Okay, man, I, root I, root root trees. I was like, what word was that? A root. Okay, I believe they soak up nutrients and water, and that's how they. That's what tree, something that's what like trees that. do, and magic. I think exactly. is the other. It thing. might be yeah. ass talking right there. <laughs> but so she's, you know, she's hanging on to this, and we were egging her on and being like, "Oh, if you fall in there, it's going to be over your head and all this stuff." And I just remember she, you know, she was crying. She was, she was really terrified. Scared. Yeah. <laughs> But then, you know, she just kind of gritted her teeth and did it. Mm. And just the sense of I did that was so fun. And I know, you know, all his parents experienced that, but it was just a little bit different because it was outside and she kind of conquered this sort of unknown um, obstacle. It wasn't on a playground. It wasn't the monkey bars. It wasn't something she's seen other kids do a ton. It was just, it was really fun to just go out there. She saw something ran into it so it was it was cool it was fun um patrick before we wrap though could you you have the better reading voice i have it pulled up Um, i was hoping we could i was hoping you would share it yeah i was uh, i was really hoping you'd do the second one to be amazed be amazed yeah yeah because that goes to i think what we've all talked about and one thing just quick i know we're kind of running out on time but, you know, one thing that I've been really impressed with with both of you um, and just, I think, with all the winglets that I've heard speak on this show is everyone seems really eager or at least willing to admit to their kids they don't know something. Mm. And I think that happens way more when you're outside. It's easy to be inside. You've had your phone or your, you know, that's how a microwave works or a dishwasher or whatever. You know, it's, it's common things that when you're outside and all of a sudden you see some crazy caterpillar you've never seen or some butterfly or a coyote or just whatever it is you see, all of a sudden you get questions and you don't know what they are other than just, well, that's that. And when you're and face anyways, to face just, with a coyote, that's when you really, you know, you want to know yeah, what you're talking about. I mean, that's about. when... A, yeah, we lock the kids in a cage with them too to have them fight it. Right, it's classic them. Midwest training style, yeah. I think is what that is. Not the two out of those coyotes. Yep. Yeah, right. I, I would love to read this little quote. And I also, yeah. uh, and I, I want to just touch on it very briefly afterwards. So this is by a an obscure poet named Walter Whiteman. I don't know, I think it's, no, this is it's Walt Whitman. Whitman. <laughs> it is, oh, it is okay. Walt Whitman. You're yeah. being funny. That yeah. was a joke, John. That was fucking hilarious. Uh, that, was a, that was a very funny joke, Mr. Whiteman. 
uh, he said, uh, so this is from, this is from this book. It's, it's, uh, it's in the beginning of one of the chapters by, by Robert the dumbass, whatever his name is. But this quote's by Walt Whitman. It says, <clears throat> a child said, what is the grass? Fetching it to me with full hands. How could I answer the child? I do not know what it is any more than he. And that, I think, gets at the heart of this whole thing, which is that when we go into nature, like I was just saying, it's an equalizer, right? It is something where no you stop human... quoting Walt at this point. I, could, I don't know if you could tell. The <laughs> syntax was a little, slightly less elegant when I took over again. Um, uh, I sing The Body Electric is one of my favorite po- poems of his, by the way. Check that out. Okay. Um, so, uh, so there's something about being in nature where it's an even playing field for people because no human will ever be able to know everything that's out there. No, even just in my own backyard, magisterial though it may be, there are mysteries all over it. And I keep thinking I get more of a handle on it. Like, you know, we have this app that identifies plants. We've gone yes. over every single plant and plant we, I've learned about mm-hmm. them. Uh, it's actually the, I think it's called what the plant. I don't know, but it's the same. Oh, okay. It's like that's an actually AR thing. a much better name. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah. It'll appear just above our heads. Yeah. It's, 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 it's right there. Um, it's, uh, you know, but, but so we were learning about the plants and the boys are getting into that too. And we're writing it down. You know, I've surveyed the land uh, on like a geo satellite to see like exactly what the boundaries are. You know, like we, I love researching this shit and we love going out there and, and, you know, looking at what types of fish we have and what species are out there, what they say about the water quality and the turbidity of the oxygen content, all this other shit. Like we love learning about this. <laughs> you catch the fish and you bring them to the owl at the museum and he tells you all about it for each I one. do. I yeah, interview yeah, yeah. the owl and he's like, yeah, it's very, very great. Um, but my point being that like, Animal we, crossing reference. we, we, lo- we love, I, yeah, I caught you. All right. We love this, this stuff. And I am, the more I learn about it, the more aware I am that I have no idea, even the, the slightest thing about this. And that in my entire lifetime, I will never know one, one millionth of what is even just back there. A yes. One, one millionth of what has happened since the nitrogen cycle started and the water cycle started and life started and life ended and came back reborn and transmogrified and evolved again. I will never know any of that. I will only know a tiny, tiny sliver of it. And it's the same for my kids because as curious and smart and wonderful as they are, they will never know the totality of what that experience is. So I think when we go outside, we are automatically in a learning mentality if we're open to it. We are automatically in that place where we can go, what the hell? Like, Peter, you sent me a picture of this, cat- this caterpillar that your wife found the other day, right? We're like, what the hell is this thing? Like, what, <laughs> like, what, what, you know what I mean? And that, how many times in life are we in that position? When we turn on the TV or watch a movie, we are, exp- there's exposition that fills us in on the details. We are told things, even mysterious films like Blade Runner, right? The, like it's, you can get answers to most of the questions that you have about it to some degree. When you go into nature, you are stepping into a mystery that nobody will ever solve. You're stepping into an unanswered question that will never have a period at the end of it. And that to me is the eternal draw of it. And what I think spending casual time in nature on a regular basis helps us remember and it helps us be less hubristic and more self-honest with who we actually are in the grand scheme of things that are way more important and way more beautiful than we are. Yeah. Wow. I, I was going to make it a lot simpler where <laughs> my, kid, my kids just, <laughs> my kids, my kids just love it when we're outside and they ask something or they find something and I have no idea. And then we just all sit there and try to figure it mm. out. Like I've, I've seen them enjoy that. They start asking me other questions. Oh, well, 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 what did you like when you were a kid? Or just, you know, certain things that they typically wouldn't ask because we're out there and just kind of like Patrick said, um, there's just questions everywhere. And I think that's led them to enjoy it. And again, they like it even more when they're like, oh man, dad doesn't know that either. And so it's great. I love it. But so, yeah, this has been really fun. But John, what, well, what are your party? My, Why don't you preach now for the next Jerry hour Springer, and Patrick will edit it out. My Jerry Springer jingle here. Jerry jingle. Is that what it is? Uh, you know, the thing that's, that stands out to me is this idea that we've created our own confinement. Our, we're, we're captives and it's our own doing, right? We've created this artificial existence to some degree to the point where we can not even have a shared reality anymore, right? Which will be a whole other episode around social media and what we've created. Um, we don't even have a shared reality and, and nature is, is a place where we can be free, you know, but just the idea that we've actually created our own captivity. Like if we actually were to zoom out from it, we're almost like caged animals, but where it's our own doing. And, and I'm not, again, I'm not trying to judge that as bad as it sounds. Um, I just, I don't know. I'm sitting with that, that idea of how we can 
you know, be in nature and experience it more fully and, and the freedom that comes with that um, and with our kids, freedom of mind as well as you've been talking about. So that's Jerry's, uh, Jerry Springer's final thoughts. But you know what? You know what? You don't know. Here's Jerry Springer's PSPS final thoughts. <laughs> you don't know you're in a cage until you see that there is a cage there. Yeah. It's, right? This is water. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. You can't tell it's there until you get out of it and see that there are boundaries. Like you, you don't know. Otherwise, you're always in the Truman Show, right? Like it's, it's by leaving that cage, by finding that you don't, it's not actually even a cage. It's just, a, it's just a box. It's a box I can walk into and walk out of. And yeah. I can walk out of it by putting my phone down. I can walk out of it by just taking the kids outside and leaving our, even our, our toys behind and just going out and building something out of sticks in the river or something. I can leave all of that behind willingly so that when I go into it, I remember that the door's not locked. I remember that it's not a prison, it's a box. And the boxes that we put around ourselves don't have to be fatal. They don't have to be terrible. They are real, right? <laughs> they are, yes. And we have to see them for what they are, which is that they are not more powerful than we are over our own experience. We have control over these things. And I nature, right I think, reminds that. us of that. I really do. Yeah, I hope so. I hope so. I'm right, too. Hope so. <laughs> <laughs> all right, now stop listening to this podcast and get the fuck outside, all right? <laughs> yeah, I gotta go. I'm going to go jump on the horse. Get out of here. Let's do <laughs> it. Battle. Thank you, my friend, for coming on. It's always great talking to you, Peter. It was so fun to be on, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Talk soon. Challenging us. That's good. Keep us honest. Bye. Bye. See you guys.